And welcome to The Real Money Show, hosted by Guildhall Wealth Management. This is a show about the incredible potential of owning physical gold, silver, and natural fancy-colored diamonds, what they can do to help your portfolio. The number to call uh, at any time is one eight seven seven eight silver That's one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven. The website is therealmoneyshow.com. And I want to tell you right off the top, uh, you should register uh, now for the Investing in Natural Fancy-Colored Seminar. The date for this is May 22nd. The time is 7 to 9 p.m. The place will be the Supreme Luxury Event venue that that's 8311 Weston Road in Woodbridge uh, to RSVP. You want to call 905-305-8422. And you can register online. There'll be some uh, light refreshments and a ton of knowledge for you to to take in. Got uh, the guys here. Uh, we always start with the week that was. Darren, how was it? Well, this week was interesting. This was all about two situations, John. The feds in the U.S. and the potentially softening stance of Putin over the Ukraine situation. Now, we're taping the show on Thursday of this week, and the price of gold as we're doing the show right now is trading in the 1290 range, while the price of silver is trading in the 1930 range. Now, week over week, not much of a change in either metal. We did see some better pricing earlier in the week, and certainly people looked as though they were going to have a bit of uh, sentiment change, and that was echoed in the move forward. But by the time uh, Wednesday came around, Janet Yellen, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, testified in front of Congress. She obviously was talking about the state of affairs, the economic affairs in the U.S., and uh, by the time that happened, of course, gold and silver, as it usually does, we've seen this with Bernanke and all the way back to uh, various other Fed chairmen, it softens. So usually during the week when you see the Fed chairman speak, that is uh, what ends up happening to gold and silver. And this week was no exception. We uh, also saw that after Yellen's comments, because of course she's talking about the broader markets in general, and her generalizations were obviously pointing towards a soft but strengthening economy, which we know is very false, unless you're part of the crowd of people who are the richest 1% of America, the rest are still suffering, and suffering they are. But uh, as she made her comments, the broader stock markets did improve, and just like having a Red Bull, you get a very short term <laughs> kick uh, and usually three, four days uh, that lasts in the, the broader markets and presents opportunities for buyers in gold and silver. Now, the second thing we uh, saw this week was uh, a seemingly softer uh, stance by Putin. The broader stock markets also got a lift uh, with some diplomacy on the part of Putin uh, and reports did indicate that he wanted some dialogue on the Ukraine crisis with other leaders. He stated that he was going to pull his troops back from the border, but NATO as of Thursday had seen no evidence of that. What else? Uh, whatsoever. So again, this is not to overshadow what we believe are really strong fundamentals in the markets, but it does lead back to what we've talked about at at length on The Real Money Show, and that is that gold and silver are event-driven markets. The underlying fundamentals of the market for gold and silver have not changed since day one of this bull market some 12 years ago, but it does take these events to drive these markets forward. So when you are buying during these price periods, you should consider consider yourself extremely lucky to have the ability to do so. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. What else is going on? Well, again, another small event, geopolitical in nature, just developing near the end of the week here. We're hearing news out of Vietnam uh, that China is trying uh, feverishly to establish a new oil rig off the coast of Vietnam. And of course, Uh, Vietnamese officials are trying not to allow that to happen. China's throwing its weight around, and as a result, what we're seeing are small skirmishes. These uh, Chinese, the owners of the Chinese oil rig, 
are actually using boats to ram the small Vietnamese boats that are getting into the general vicinity and creating, creating quite a, a lot of havoc. This is important because, as, as probably our listeners know, and if you're new to this, uh, the geopolitical instability is one of those market events that can really drive the price of oil. And, of course, oil drags gold and gold drags silver. So if we see this uh, event develop a little further, keep in mind that the U.S. is an ally to Vietnam now. Uh, of course, this could develop a little bit further, and you never know what buttons China's trying to push. So there are reports out there that that might happen, and we'll see where it goes from there. In addition, what's hiding in the shadows behind these reports from uh, Yellen suggesting the economy in the U.S. is strengthening is a look at March's report on consumer credit. Uh, 94% of all of March's consumer credit was for student and car loans. After another month, uh, another confirmation that when it comes to the U.S. consumer, it's all about student debt and obviously to a lesser extent car loans this week. The Fed reported that consumer credit number for March was at $17.5 billion, and it not only blew out the expectation of $15.5 billion increase, but it was the highest monthly increase since February of 2013. Now, why is this important to gold and silver? It's because we are witnessing in these numbers exactly where the consumer credit growth is coming from, and that is mostly from student and, as I said, to a lesser extent, car loans. This is non-revolving debt. It doesn't grow the economy. Student debt is not good debt as far as the economy is concerned. A lot of this debt is what we call dead-end debt, and it doesn't get repaid, and it gets passed on as a burden to the taxpayer. So again, when this type of debt starts to grow, and it is the fastest growing debt in the U.S. student uh, debt, it's a great concern, and it does tell us we're not back on even ground yet. One of the interesting things I was reading today in today's news that uh, Barclays Bank, one of the largest banks in England, probably in the world, they're just laying off 19,000 people. That's a lot of people to lay off. I mean, that's all over Europe. But again, they're laying off 19,000 people. If you look in the retail sector right now, Jacob, uh, a ladies apparel store, this has probably lots and lots of stores have just closed down. Grand & Toy have got completely out of the retail market. Grand & Toy was a, a, a name for, you know, 100 years out there mm -hmm. in the retail market, have closed, are closing all this retail stores. So what does it tell you about retail? Uh, is it the, you know, is it the internet that's knocked them out of business or is the consumer just doesn't have cash? Okay, so Darren, why is, why is that important? Well, as it, as it relates to gold and silver, it's very important because now is not the time to think that we're in a growing phase of the economy. The economy is not set to expand rapidly. We're not, we're not set to see a new housing boom. In fact, Yellen on Wednesday when she was talking in front of Congress blamed a portion of the failure in the housing market on student debt, which is ridiculous. They've dumped $2.7 trillion into the market, into housing debt, and it's done nothing for five years, and they continue to spend $45 billion every month. The reality is now is a time to protect wealth, to take that which you've already learned or that which is left over or that which you're just not sure about what's going to happen going forward and put it into a hard asset like gold, silver, or natural fancy-colored diamonds. And I, th I think as well it's also going to be when you look at all these situations, you look at the student the student loan situation. One of the things about that is obviously that 
students don't need education as much as they're going to need jobs. They're they're the fastest growing unemployed section in the economy, and it's gonna they they need to get jobs. They don't need no offense. They don't need the education. It's great to be educated, but get, making money is also very important. That's a big aspect. I think the other thing is that the, there's there's not a lot of money coming into the into the markets, and you do have to protect yourself. And then in that sense. What about the U.S. dollar? You know, in 2008, people jumped into the U.S. dollar as a safe haven. Is that where they're going to go this time around, knowing that people can't pay their debts, that the, that the U.S. is printing tons and tons of money, or rather they're creating it out of thin air? This is, this is the problem. So you don't know where that next flashpoint's coming from. And are you, are you prepared to stay in cash and weather the storm holding U.S. dollar, which, by the way, is at a very low point right now, could break below its, it, it, its low point right now and keep going lower. So they're defending that. But again, when you're creating billions and billions of dollars, what is that currency actually worth? And what we see is that clearly people are moving towards gold and silver. Uh, I like to say that a billion people can't be wrong when we look at China, India. Um, they're, they're upping their purchases of gold ahead of the election coming up uh, very soon, I guess next week. But we see, the, we see it also in coin sales, both in the U.S. Mint and the Canadian Mint. The sales have been doing nothing but going up on the rise, doubling over in the last several years, a couple times over since 2008. And what I mean by that is that in 2008, when the market went down, we had a lot of people that gave up on the bull market. They said, ah, forget it. Uh, we don't want to be involved in this. There was still that paper mentality. Now you can clearly see when it comes to the physical side of the golden bullion market that people want to be in hard assets. They don't want to own the paper. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver. That is one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven. TheRealMoneyShow.com to uh, to start purchasing. So, Dan, how do I basically how do I get gold? How do I get some gold and silver into my portfolio? Couldn't be easier with Guildhall Wealth. You have a couple of options, but the easiest and quickest way is upon contacting us, getting in touch with us, coming to the office. You are going to be looking at opening up a depository account. That's physical product. It's stored locally. Can be bought and sold by a telephone. Accounts start as small as ten ounces in gold or two hundred ounces in silver, and with a little bit of paperwork, you can get the ball rolling. Now, if you're somebody that likes to keep close tabs on their product, you can have the serial numbers. Uh, you can also have that product titled in your name and segregated from the rest of the bullion. But the reality is more and more people are realizing that if they wake up and they were looking to get invested dollars into the gold and silver market, the best and most convenient way to do it is to own it physically. Don't go the paper route because you're in essence not impacting the price at all. Owning a junior miner is fine, and in some cases, it's definitely what is uh, part of a portfolio, but it's not necessarily going to impact the price of gold or silver. So opening up an account couldn't be easier. It's becoming more and more difficult to trust the headlines every day. We see this uh, headline uh, throughout the week in, in the Globe and Mail saying that uh, the unemployment rate in the U.S. is coming down. And at the same time, you know that a million people dropped out of the labor force. We talked about that last week. So, you know, it, how can you really trust the figures? We all put gas in our cars and we go to buy food. We're going to the movies. We know that things are costing more and more all the time. We all pay insurance. The price continues to rise. Are you going to continue to believe that the inflation rate is actually less than 2%? 
the inflation rate is probably more like four or five, and on a 10-year period, that's 50%. When you put that into, into perspective, you have to say, okay, you know what? We need a different rationale for investing. Four, five, six percent a year is not going to cut it. Now, I know that gold and silver haven't done a lot in the last couple of years, but it doesn't change the fundamentals, and the fundamentals don't always react perfectly in sync to what's happening right now today. There's a lot of perception out there in the market, and this is what you have to battle. There's a lot of perception that things are fine, that everything is fine, that unemployment is going down. Well, you know, you have to use your logic. If things were getting better, people would be coming employed, banks wouldn't be laying off people, uh, companies wouldn't be closing, prices would be coming down or at least stabilizing, and you wouldn't have that nagging feeling that you need to be making at more and more every year to keep up. And that's what is in the news these days when it comes to the middle classes. They're shrinking. I think in Canada, they're barely hanging on, and I think we need to start looking at alternative ways to not only protect our wealth, but to grow it. And if you look at the story of gold and silver, I think you find something very, very exciting. We'll take a short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshow.com. Reminder, the Investing in Natural Fancy Colored Diamond Seminar is happening on the 22nd, 7 to 9 p.m. The place will be the Supreme Luxury Event Venue, 8311 Weston Road in Woodbridge. All starts at 6.30 p.m. You'll want to register two ways, 905-305-8422 and guildhalldiamonds.com. The Real Money Show continues. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshowcom And coming up on the 22nd of this month, uh, it'll be the Investing in Natural Fancy Colored Diamonds Seminar. The place is going to be the Supreme Luxury Event Venue. That is in Woodbridge at 8311 Weston Road. Uh, you want to register soon as space is limited. And the number is 905-305-8422 as well, guildhalldiamonds.com. Jeremy, there was a, uh, a recent article in Business Insider. David Einhorn got to sit down with the former chair, Ben Bernanke, and uh, kind of pick his brain, give him the gears a bit. And part of that article said this, and he was saying this to Bernanke, and my feeling has been that by having rates at zero for a very, very, very long time, the harm that we're doing to savers outweighs the benefits that might be seen elsewhere in the economy. Bernanke turns around and says, you're wrong, first of all. He says that was good. And then he said, uh, the reason if you raise interest rates for savers, somebody has to pay the interest, which is kind of funny. So you don't create any value in the economy because for every saver, there has to be a borrower. It's the same <laughs> thing for every winner. There's a loser for every <laughs> right. you know, fortune. Somebody loses a fortune. It's, um, you know, Ben Bernanke, you know, got, I guess, the U.S. out of a lot of problems when the subprime hit. Um, but has it really anything changed? I mean, um, uh, Farber was on uh, CNBC this morning. He phoned in, and he thinks the U.S. economy is in a terrible, terrible state. He thinks it could be worse than 2008, mm-hmm. what's coming up, and he's recommending you know, to keep your money in cash or in hard assets uh, rather than being into the market. You know, Bernanke is so sure about himself when he's talking, but... He, he said that subprime was contained and it absolutely was not. So he really doesn't know what's going on. And when he talks about savers basically being a burden to those who are the debtors uh, or those that borrow from them and have to pay them interest, I think that's that I, I'm not sure what they're teaching at, at Princeton but that is not economics. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that, and I, and I, I have, I, I think I know where it's coming from. 
when you're when you're not giving any interest for so long and you have to pay low interest rates on a growing debt in the US, you absolutely don't want to have to pay more. That's where he's coming from. That's an insider saying, if I have to pay on my debts, which is to the banks, to the 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 US debt, I don't want to have to pay more. And if I have savers, I'm going to have to pay more. The fact is, is that savers create jobs. You know what they do with their money? They walk into banks, they have collateral, they have trust of the banks, and the banks lend them money. And what they do with that money is they open up businesses. This is probably one of the reasons why companies like Grand and Toy and Jacob are no longer in business because there is no, whatever money that they were making can't be put in a bank account and make five, six, seven percent. So it's a constant losing battle where you have to up your sales constantly to do that. So I believe that savers build economies, not, not our burdens to them. So it's very interesting that Bernanke can say these things. I think he's in some glass tower and he's already been proven wrong before. And I think he'll be proven wrong again. And I think that interest rates will ultimately rise with or without central bank planning. Well, he's an elitist academic. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He doesn't have an ounce of true, real experience in the business world. Uh, but again, he definitely had to lead the the ship, and that ship was uh, setting sail before he came there. And of course, the path that it was taking was set out before him by all the rest of the Fed chairmen, those around him, the the president of the United States himself, I'm sure. But this is, as it relates to gold and silver, an important point. When we look at savings, there are different types of savings. Most people think of just paper as Mm -hmm. I take a dollar and I take 50 cents of it and put it in the bank. Most people think of it as RSPs. It's another way to save long term. But few people actually think of gold and silver as savings. Now, if I in 2002, 2003, 2004 took the 10 or 15 or $20,000 that I had to put into my RSPs, knowing the tax break that I would get and the long-term incentive if, of course, when I, uh, when I finally retire, I'm making less money. If I had done that, perhaps right now I could look at very best to have seen a growth rate of in the single digits. I would hesitate to guess that most Canadians listening to this right now in the last 12 years have done uh, at the best, probably two, three, four, five percent average, if that. And that's that's giving a lot. That's conservative. However, despite the fact that for 36 months, the price of silver has gone somewhat sideways, as has gold, since 2002, the price of silver is still up 300%, which means over the span of that time, since 2002, that's 32% per year on average. So if I had taken that ten or 12000 it's now worth every year 32 33% more. Now, if I'm not buying and selling because I don't want to speculate on it, and Paul's famous line is that you don't day trade your house, mm-hmm. why would you day trade silver and gold? That makes for one hell of a great savings plan. So look forward to the next 10 years. I have liquidity in gold and silver. It's not like an RSP. I, can't, I don't need to worry about having to get out quickly. If I want to buy and sell gold, I can do it within seconds. And that is something that I want to consider if I'm growing my portfolio. And speaking of the next 10 years, if the interest rate is 2%, let's say, which it's less than that, on a 10-year period, that's 20%. Now, silver is trading at a very low price right now. What is it going to take for silver to match 20%? Well, let me tell you something. Between 2001 and 2011, the average price of silver has been over 15%. 
over 20% a year. Even with a sideways market, the market is still at that rate performing well beyond mm. these type of numbers. So look at, the, look at the case for silver and ask yourself, well, can silver outperform 10%, 20% in the next three, four, five years? Because that's going to well outdo having cash in a GIC or just in the bank. And all you have to do is see that the market is extremely oversold in immense demand. And I think you'll be able to say, okay, you know what? I can take 15, 20% of my cash that's in there and maybe look to own a thousand ounces of silver. One eight seven seven eight silver the real money show dot com. Paul, what do you think of all this? Well, the interesting thing is, is when you see silver trading, you know, in the nineteen thirty nineteen forty range, gold, you know, thirteen hundred dollars. The smartest thing to do is to cost averages, buy on a monthly basis, buy when when the market is low. I do that. Uh, I don't want to buy at the top. I want to buy at the bottom and sell at the top. So the smart thing to do is when you get an opportunity, a window of opportunity, like we've got right now, silver's trading, you know, over nine, just over $19, gold $1,300. What a wonderful opportunity. You don't have to go crazy. You really do need to have 15, 20% hard assets in your portfolio at some time or other, whether it's gold, whether it's silver, whether it's natural fancy colored diamonds, whether it's a collectible, whether it's really high-priced baseball cards or collectible cards, unbelievable postage stamps, art. These are all things that protect your actual, uh, the money that you have, your credit, the money that you've built up, your collateral. If you don't get into hard assets, sometime or another, inflation is going to confiscate it. Printing of money is going to confiscate your wealth. If you can go to the bank today, if you've got $25,000, $50,000 that you have, you've saved, you've worked hard, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to invest it? Are you going to put it in the bank and get 1% and lose 3 4% to inflation every year? Are you going to be in mutual funds? Uh, you know, there's some people that do make money in, in mutual funds. But in most times, the people that make the money is the house, the broker. You know, and so therefore, you want to get into something that is going to be make you money in the long run. Don't look at it on a daily basis. Look to buy some gold and silver and natural fancy colored diamond. We're going to talk about in the next segment how natural fancy colored diamonds, one of the best kept secrets, one of the best investments that you can possibly make, can grow you know, double every five to seven years on this, you know, a small investment of twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, you can double your money. Are you going to be able to double your money in the stock market? Only if you've got insider help. And the only people to get insider help are the people at the top. The last one in is the first one to get hurt. And that always happens in the stock market. You know, if you look at the momentum stocks right now, you know, they've been getting killed. The average retail investor has probably lost 30, 40% of their money getting in. They get talked into buying stocks that are high with 350 and today are trading at $200. That's what happens. But how many people out there, the average person with 10, 20, 30, 50,000, 100,000 to invest, can own Google, can own Apple shares? John, how many Apple shares do you own at 500 or $600? How about none? Uh, about now. There you go. But how many can you buy? I mean, it's, mm. it's very, very tough. So you need to get into an investment. A guild hall, you can buy the product outright. You can buy gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. And we haven't spoken about palladium today, but that's one of the metals that we really, truly love. It's used in catalytic converters in the automotive industry. We've been you know, telling people to buy it since it was $180. It's trading around about $815 today. 
great investment. You can buy, take home the product, you can have it delivered to you. You can buy the product, you can put it into a depository that we have, which is safe, secure, it's segregated, allocated. If you're buying a thousand ounces, 10, 100 ounce bars, we can even give you the bar numbers. Nobody can touch that product, it's segregated for you, it's insured with Lloyds of London. The other option you have, you can use collateralized financing. And this is not for everybody, but this is where you put up basically 20% of the, the price of the metal. Let me give you a quick example. If you would buy 1,000 ounces today, it's going to cost you around about $20,000 US. For you to double your money, silver would have to go to $40. I don't think that's a hardship anyway, because three years ago, we hit $49 and change, and we've come off. So can we go to $40 in the next two, three years? I think so. So that's one way. But... If you use collateralized financing and you're only putting up 20%, so you're putting up, including commissions, around about $6,500, silver moves up $6.50 from $29, from $19 to $25 and change. You've actually doubled your money. So if it only moves up $3.25, you've got a 50% return. If it moves up $1.87, you've made 25%. That's on silver. It's... It's a, a metal that's undervalued right now. It's used as an industrial metal as well as, a, as well as a precious metal. It's used in every single thing we use in electronics, from flat screen TVs to iPhones. Everybody's got a cell phone out there. There's some silver content. Everybody's got a TV with a flat screen TV. There's silver in it. Whether you're using anything today electrical, it has silver in it, and it's not something that you can recycle. It's left in there. Right now, it costs more to produce virtually to bring it out of the ground and what it's selling for. How long can that remain? It can't remain. Gold and silver is going to go up. one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshowcom Darren, you often talk about it, and you just mentioned it, you don't day trade your house uh, long term, but is there anything that suggests that in the short term silver might be picking up some steam? There is, John. In fact, if you look at the numbers, what they're telling us right now, although silver prices are nearly unchanged on the year, they are underperforming the rest of the precious metals complex. It's been slightly sluggish, the price action, but when we look to the options market where the futures price comes from, that's where spot prices derive from, this gives us some inkling as to which way the market is heading. And in fact, the options volatility levels are near multi-year lows. Now, the last time that happened, and that just simply means in terms of uh, the overall volatility in the marketplace being bought and sold, that volatility is being measured on a daily basis and that as a percentage is at a multi-year low right now. So in terms of uh, seeing significantly lower prices from here, that gives us a sense that that won't happen. In terms of seeing a takeoff point, well, for most of the last four cycles we've had where the price has peaked up at very high substantially compared to where the low was, this is the type of setup that has occurred. So if we look right now, uh, not only is it highly unusual, but when you see this, comparatively speaking, uh, this was what we saw in April of 2013 when the price of silver broke up towards $35 an ounce. And we saw it in late 2010 when the price was trading up uh, around $28, $29 an ounce. And before May of that uh, following year in 2011, it broke, as Paul said, to $49 an ounce. So this definitely gives us some insight to where we're heading. The question is where and when. And when it will happen is impossible to fully predict, but there are clues. And definitely this means that the path of least resistance is 
up from here for the silver price. And one of the best clues is that gold-silver ratio. I know we've come talked about this at length. The historical norm... 16 for, to 1 or 17 16 to 1. 16 to 1, right? And again, if you look back at the former bull markets... Every occurrence of the peak of that market is 16 to 1. Mm-hmm. The last one in 1980, gold reached 850, silver was at 52, 16 to 1. So again, when that starts to transpire and you see that ratio break apart, it's telling us that one of the two metals is either overpriced or undervalued. In this instance, when the trading range is 65, 66, 67 to 1, it means that silver is significantly undervalued against the other metals. And this is what's been happening over the last couple of months. And this is why those that are cost averaging right now, similar to what happened in 2010, will benefit long term. So this is giving us insight that the price is most likely heading higher from here. We'll take a uh, short break. The number to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. As we get into the diamond segment, I want to remind you that the investing in natural fancy colored diamond seminar is happening very shortly. It's going to be the 22nd of May. It'll be the Supreme Luxury Event Venue, 8311 Weston Road, to register 905-305-8422 and guildhalldiamonds.com. And more of The Real Money Show, the number to start investing. Write this down, one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Coming up very shortly on the 22nd will be the Investing in Natural Fancy Colored Diamonds Seminar. Uh, that is happening on the 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m. The place will be the Supreme Luxury Event Venue. That's 8311 Weston Road in Woodbridge. And uh, registration starts at 6.30. you got to RSVP, please, by the 14th of this month. Space is limited, 905-305-8422 and guildhalldiamonds.com. While you're there, you're going to be learning tons of stuff, including uh, why investors love natural fancy colored diamonds, why this is still one of the best kept investing secrets, and of course, the fundamentals for investing in colored diamonds and so much more. you got to be there. Paul, what's happening on the diamond side? Well done there, John. Thank you, sir. I might uh, be there. Hmm? I might come out. Well, wonderful. Uh, actually, Darren and myself, we uh, did a seminar in Kitchener uh, on Saturday, which was very, very successful, and I'd like to congratulate everybody that purchased a diamond and that took interest in what we were doing. Um, what we try to do is educate the public in how to invest in natural fancy colored diamonds and why you should invest and who you're investing with. Um, we emphasize that we are a family business, um, that myself, my wife, my son, my daughter, my son-in-law, uh, Darren, who's uh, my consulary, uh, <laughs> he's part of the family. But it's a family-run business. And, you know, if you ask my granddaughter, she's eight years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? She says, I want to be a diamond awesome. grader. And Darren's kids, the same thing. They want to be in the business. And, you know, it's exciting to know that the business is going to carry on, you know, for generation and generation. Natural fancy colored diamonds, is, as you said, is one of the best kept secrets. And it's the type of investment. I don't know any investment out there where if somebody's got 10, 15, 25, 50, 100,000 dollars, what they do with their money. I mean, do you buy a piece of property? Well, if you put down a deposit, you're still going to be paying that mortgage or you're going to be a renter. You're going to, you're going to be a landlord. You're going to rent it out, be running around with a plunger and hope you're going to get you know, your rent every, every month. If you put it in the bank, you're going to get 1% and probably lose 2 3% to inflation. Do you put it in the stock market? You know, in my opinion right now, the stock market is overbought. You know, we're also in the bullion business. The bullion business is a great business, but you have to have lots of patience. The, the market is volatile. Uh, we've had a correction over the last three years. But as Darren said in the previous segment, we're still up over 300% in, in the last 10 years. But natural fancy colored diamonds... 
the quality that we sell at Guildhall, where we go out of our way to buy nothing but the best, you know, go up in value. You can double your money in between five to seven years. It's all about the quality of the diamond, the size of the diamond, the color of the diamond that's going to make you money. You know, yellows are doubling basically every five to seven years. Pinks are doubling right now. Argyle pinks almost every three to four years. Blues are doubling every two years. And reds, if you can find them, uh, double virtually every single year. Now, let me give you a quick example. 30 years ago, you could have bought a one-carat red. Unheard of. There's probably only 100 in the, you know, around the world. Wow. But you could have bought it for $30,000. Today, you're looking at 2.1, 2.3 million if you can find one in a VS quality, uh, you know, if you're lucky. Uh, Vivid, 10 years ago, one carat Vivid, internally flawless, you know, yellow. Ten, yellow, you could have bought, you know, maybe for seven, $8,000. Today, you're paying between thirty-five dollars and $40,000 for that same diamond. There is just not the diamonds out there. It's, you know, it takes millions, billions of years to manufacture and grow a diamond, um, it's not something where it's a turnkey operation. You turn it and out pops, uh, you know, a popsicle. It doesn't happen. It takes billions of years to grow it. Then to get it, to find for every 10,000 white diamonds, there's only one carat of color. Doesn't mean it's investment grade. To get an investment grade diamond, you've got to almost mine a million carats of white diamonds. Wow. Now, everybody knows about white diamonds. You get engaged. You know, you buy gifts for people. It's an impulse item. I can tell you right now, nobody that buys white diamonds ever gets their money back. You know, it's Mother's Day coming up on Sunday. You know, I'm sure a lot of diamonds were bought little gifts for their mother or their wives. They're not investments. We have people coming to us all the time saying, well, I'm getting engaged and my girlfriend or fiancé wants a, a white diamond. And we just say no, you know, adamant, because it's an impulse item. It's to me, it's it's simply one of those things where there was a great marketing campaign that a diamond is forever. And it is. It will last forever. But no one ever said it would be worth something down the road. <laughs> right. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I, 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 I'm addicted to is the Antique Roadshow. Um, and you see it a little bit in, in the, the Pawn Stars or whatever yep. it is. But people are so excited. They think that something that they own is is worth so much money just because it's old or it's been sitting around for so long. And they've attached all this extra uh, sentimental value to it that it that this this particular diamond should be worth a million dollars. And this diamond, for example, that thing, the one that I'm thinking of, was in this family's for generations, two hundred years old, worth four thousand dollars. And we do get that. What, what we see is, is basically two main mistakes that people will make when purchasing diamonds. And then we'll talk about why we think you should own colored diamonds. Sure. The first is that the, the, the worst case is that someone buys something that is insignificant and then they're, they're still insecure about that investment and they want to know, is, that, is it worth something? And you have to act like someone from the Antique Roadshow and say, you know, unfortunately, it's it's worth probably what you paid for it or worse. It's not worth that much. You might have to wait a very long time. The next worst scenario is that someone buys something good, which is great, but they overpaid. That's something mm. that also happens a lot in this industry. What really sets Guildhall apart and, and why people are so happy to invest in colored diamonds and why every single uh, diamond buyer is pleased is that 
they all know that they bought something that is of value that's continuing to move up in value because we bought something that is extremely rare. And we know it's extremely rare, and we only have to look to our own collection to see that. Any pink diamond, for example, which is under $30,000, does not last long. People are ready to snap those up. Another example is one carat intense yellows. We don't have any. We haven't had one for a very long time. We just brought one in. And the only one that we're about to bring in is because I have a client who is taking his intense and he's moving up to a vivid. So I had to pull a little bit of a monopoly um, situation. You know, no. I'll trade you Park Place for this. And uh, he was very happy because he already owns two other, he owns a pink and a blue green. And I want to talk about blues in just a minute mm-hmm. in terms of colored diamonds because there's some exciting news about that. Um, but uh, he's, he wants to move up to a vivid. So we already know uh, that it's really tough to replace inventory. And the reason is essentially because people love to own colored diamonds that there's no work put into it. They own it. They know that in five years it could possibly double. In 10 years it'll be worth even more. And 15 years down the road, a $14,000 diamond will pay for, um, speaking of Bernanke and Princeton, most likely a Princeton education. So it's such a no-brainer in a world where we all think investments should be very, very complicated. And we have to watch all these bobbleheads on BNN and and Bloomberg. And personally, I just fall asleep with all of it because they, they seem to want to lull you to sleep because they're trying to make themselves important. Very much like when the tech bubble came around that we all had to bow down to people who could build a website. You know, at the end of the day, it's not really what it's about. This is about making money. And these particular colored diamonds have all been money makers. And our clients know that. And a lot of them continue to buy multiple diamonds as a result. The, the interesting thing, though, John, and we've just gone through, you know, end of February, the RSP season. You know, it's amazing how many women that we have as clients that own RSPs and they come to us and say, well, we've made, I've made no money. You know, I've been listening to your show for the last four or five years. I've been looking at your website. I see the prices are going up all the time. I'd rather pay the penalty and cash out my RSP and pay 10% or 15% and take that 25000 and invest it in a diamond that I know could double in, you know, four or five years. Does that make sense? Of course yep. it makes sense. So, again, if, you sit, if you're listening to the show, if you've got fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars $100,000, and you're terrified of the stock market, you really don't want to get into gold or silver. Gold and silver investing is not for everybody. I mean, the markets are volatile. And, you know, the same thing with owning mutual funds. I mean, how many of my clients, you know, get that monthly statement and as soon as they get it, they throw up on their shoes every month. They're just not making any money. They don't like the idea. They're they're terrified of 2008 where they saw their investments, their capital deteriorate. If you're looking to retire, whether it's in 10, 15 years' time, if you're looking to put your kids through university, what a great opportunity. If you've got a couple of kids, buy two fancy diamonds, fancy yellow, internally flawless. They start off $12,000, $13,000 a carat. You know in 10, 15 years, those stones are going to be worth $35,000, $40,000 each. You can't do that on a white diamond. There's no guarantee in the stock market. There's no guarantee in gold and silver either. But you've got to look at a hard asset. It's easily transported. You can put it in a safety deposit box. You can leave it at home, put it somewhere safe. 
you can if you don't if you're looking for retirement what a great way if you want to buy we have diamonds and argyle pink for example uh, it comes from the tender of 2013 2013 sorry 2012 it's a 0.81 that stone is actually doubled or almost tripled in the last two years wow. because the Argyle mine is closing in 2018. It's an intense, it's a 0.81. I think in the next 10 years that stone's going to be a million dollars. It's on our website right now for just over $300,000. If you have that type of money where you're not getting any return on your investment, do a little bit of research. Look up Argyles. We have Argyle pinks in VS quality. We only carry VS in Argyle pinks. Not SI1, not SI2, not I1s. Those to me are not investment grade unless the color is spectacular. But we have Argyles that, in my opinion, is one of the best investments out there. If you go to our website, you're going to see yellows, internally flawless. Best investment you can make for a small amount of money, $14,000, dollars you can get started. As Jeremy said, you get into this market, you watch the price every year, you'll see we, we can get you a new appraisal, you'll see that it's appreciated. And if you decide that you want to go and change that diamond and upgrade, you're not going to lose a penny with us. We're going to get you into a diamond and we're going to make you a great deal and make you money. Every diamond we sell comes with a GIA, which is a Gemology Institute of America. That is the certification of that diamond. We give you an independent appraisal. We're a Canadian company. You know, you have an opportunity to visit us, sit down with us, look at our collection. You know, every diamond on that website we own. You know, we're not doing bait and switch where we have a whole load of pictures and say, I'm sorry, I sold that one, but I can give you this one, or let me go and search one out. We have the product. We have on staff a GIA diamond grading graduate, my daughter. I'm very proud of her. Uh, she is really, really up on everything that happens in the diamond industry. She writes articles and blogs. She's really astute when it comes to the diamond. So not only are you getting our staff, you're getting the expertise, and every diamond that we sell, we stand behind. And speaking of blogs and uh, the promise to discuss uh, blue diamonds, mm -hmm. um, one of the world's largest blue diamond will soon be auctioned at Christie's uh, this month. Um, that is That article is on the blog, so go to guildhalldiamonds.com and you can read all about that. Uh, Guildhall does sell blues. Um, they We tend to go after very expensive ones. Uh, however, we do sell modified blue-greens or green-blues, and uh, we have a few of those on the site currently. Um, we find those are great finds to have. A great way to, to round out a collection is to, to own a, a greenish uh, blue or bluish green, rather. Um, but definitely go to the blog, read about this blue diamond. There's always some great diamonds going into auction and uh, setting records, etc. And uh, the blog is a great place to find out about that. Take a short break. The number one eight seven seven eight silver realmoneyshowcom and take advantage of the Investing in Natural Fancy Colored Diamonds seminar. The 22nd is when it's happening. The place will be the Supreme Luxury Event Venue, 8311 Weston Road, Woodbridge. How do you get a hold of it? 905-305-8422 and guildhalldiamonds.com. Please get in there and RSVP by May 14th. The Real Money Show continues. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshowcom There is a seminar happening. You should attend the Investing in Natural Fancy Color Diamond Seminar on the 22nd. The time is from 7 to 9 p.m. It's going to be in Woodbridge at the Supreme Luxury Event Venue. That's 8311 Weston Road. The number to call, 905-305-8422 and guildhalldiamonds.com to register. Space is limited. Going to be some light refreshments. You want to RSVP uh, by May 14th. Uh, Darren, take it away. 
Well, listen, I, Paul commented at the end of last segment about two important auctions. Jeremy touched on one uh, that's being held for a blue diamond and another one that's also in Geneva during uh, the month of May is an auction where you're going to see the graph Vivid Yellow star lot at Sotheby's uh, be sold. It's a 100.09 carat Vivid Yellow and the pre-estimate, uh, pre-auction estimate for this diamond is approximately 15 to 25 million. And most of the time they do exceed the high of that estimate. So it would not surprise me to see this diamond sell in the 25 to 35 million range. If it were to sell at the low end for 15 million, it would come in at approximately 150,000 a carat, which again would set yet another record. Now, knowing last year with the lack of vivid yellow diamonds that we were able to get through the market and this was the same for many people in our situation uh, the prices of vivid yellow diamonds uh, in fact had to be affected by supply and demand in october of last year we as a firm put up the prices of of vivid yellows by approximately 25 to 30 percent depending on the diamond now if this auction goes to public again what you will find is a very quick response. And of course, yellows are quickly becoming like the pinks and pinks became like the blues and blues became like the reds. Uh, But yellows are certainly the next range of diamond. And if that starter price for a yellow right now in a fancy, uh, not intense, not vivid, but just a fancy is around 10 to 15, that's going to pull the per carat asking price up of all diamonds because, as you know, we have to replace those diamonds in order to sell them again. So the prices will rise, and we have a very high expectation that after the month of May, you will hear more news about it. At the end of May, we will be attending the JCK event in Las Vegas, and as it was last year, Jeremy and Paul and Nicole had an extremely difficult time locating any type of quality diamonds, especially in the type that we're used to in the one to two carat range for vivid yellows. And as Jeremy mentioned earlier, intents as of late have been near impossible to find. There's nothing coming through GIA uh, that really is internally flawless, and we're not going to drop all meet, our, all meets our, our quality. Criteria. That's right. That's the other difference. But the thing is, you can be listening to the show right now and say, I don't care about a 25 million diamond. I don't have that type of scratch. Well, you don't have to have $25 million to make this investment. You can get in, you know, for twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand 14000 a carat, depending on the fancy yellow internally flawless. You can get in, you can get started. You need to start a portfolio. Once you become a collector, I'm going to tell you, you will get addicted. I've been collecting natural fancy color diamonds for a long, long time. I fall in love with them. I don't want to, you know, let them go. I have my own collection. But again... There's a price for everything, and if somebody comes along with the right price, I'm happy (laughs) to sell. But I've still got to go out and replace it. And again, to find the quality that we're looking for is becoming harder and harder. You know, 30 years ago, there wasn't the appetite in China or India or in Russia for these natural fancy colored diamonds. It was just, you know, the very, very wealthy, upper echelon, movie stars, sports personalities. Mm -hmm. And even now, more and more sports personalities and movie stars are getting in on the red carpet with this type of product. And they're happy to own a natural fancy color diamond. So this is an opportunity. And again, you can get involved, buy some gold, buy some silver, have a diamond. Get into hard assets. You're going to make money in the long run. You uh, you mentioned uh, sports superstars getting in on this, Paul. Jeremy, tell me about wealth to wear. That's also good to have, right? You can do it with these diamonds. Yeah. Um, I particularly love wealth to wear. As Paul was talking about falling in love with diamonds, 
each one is very individual and you you remember them they're very distinctive and it's it's almost sad when someone just says i'm just going to put it in the box and and leave it i mean not everyone has the opportunity to put it and wear it out in certain places they don't feel comfortable with their with their job etc but the ones who put them into jewelry um, we love the response they get because they really love um, expressing their individuality. Uh, colored diamonds always make a statement. People always drop their mouths and gape and, and say, wow, what is that? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, best par- the best part is, is most people don't really know what the value of it is either. So um, Wealthware is a great way to make a statement. It's a great way to enjoy your diamond while it's accruing value, just like you would art. You wouldn't buy a piece of art and put it hide it away you want to enjoy it put it up stolen Uh, right right (laughs) um but but you know we what we do is we do custom designs um sort of bespoke uh jewelry if you will and um again portfolio is growing obviously every time we're we're built we're creating something new we'd like to to show it off and uh again the response has been wonderful so it's a great way to add add on to the diamond and in some ways it can also add value just like putting in a new kitchen will add value to real estate putting it into a piece can often add value to uh to a diamond 18778silverthereelmoneyshow.com to start investing and uh something i know you've mentioned in past shows as well Jeremy is the, is the buying guide if people know what a diamond is they don't know how to go about getting one right so as i as i was talking about earlier we we definitely see a lot of first time mistakes um hey it's happened to all of us even we've made uh, our we've made mistakes along the way and so Nicole put together a buying guide for those who know they want to buy a colored diamond, but want to, want to ensure that they don't have that crisis of confidence after they've purchased, that once they've made that purchase, they know what they have, they know that uh, it, it, it's the right diamond and, and they, they don't have to worry about, did I get the right value? Mm-hmm. Have I purchased correct? So this buyer's guide is really about trying to avoid a lot of those common pitfalls that people make when they buy uh, a diamond for the for the first time. Or even any time. I mean, we just try to alleviate the risk. Um, we take the risk away of purchasing. We've gone out, we've, we've found diamonds. Like last week, I had 10 GIAs sent to me from one of my dealers in, you know, in New York. I turned down eight of them just on the GIAs, the, you know, the table size, the depth, the width. They just didn't meet. I didn't even see the color. Didn't meet our criteria. The other two diamonds I had sent to me, it's all about the color. And it, it automa- depends about the dimensions. The diamond has to sparkle. It has to have scintillation. When you buy a yellow diamond or a pink diamond from us, the colors that come off the diamond are in just incredible. We've brought diamonds here before, John. Oh, You've seen them. Just colors. You don't get those colors coming off a white diamond. You know, most white diamonds, they do sparkle, but most of them are a little dull. They look a little soapy. Um, colored diamonds are the way to go. To give you an idea, we mentioned an auction for a vivid yellow coming up this month. It's a graph-owned yellow. In that same auction, there is also a 100-carat round brilliant white diamond that's going to be up for sale as well. The, pre-est- the pre-auction estimate for that diamond is 3.5 to $5 million. The same carat size in the yellow vivid, both, mm-hmm. uh, both high-quality diamonds. The same uh, yellow diamond pre-auction estimate is... Uh, is as much as 25 It's not million. even close. It's not even close. It's not so even close. Although whites can be, uh, in particular, a very, very beautiful investment, a very high end, they don't compare to colors. You had an email question, correct, Aaron? 
I did. We did. Paul actually got one that was very extensive from a chap named Colin in Caledon. And uh, let me do the best I can to answer the question for Colin. He came in and the question was in four parts. Uh, he had a bit of an issue with us calling gold a refuge or a place as a safe haven. And um, he also mentioned that because quantitative easing is coming down, why aren't we seeing gold prices go higher? Uh, or how, how come gold and silver hasn't, haven't been impacted as much? Number three, when this demand rise jumps, who are going to be the people that buy it if the middle class are losing wealth? And number four, uh, the demand, where is it going to come from if the middle class cannot buy this product? So Colin's been listening to the show. Yes, he has. <laughs> Big time. Um, whether or not gold is a safe haven, well, what we do is we look back at history, and history tells us that, in fact, it is. In the four bull markets prior to this, uh, during those bull markets, less than 3 to 5% of the investing public actually held gold and silver. Similar to right now, less than 3% actually own physical gold or silver. At the peak of those uh, economic calamities, when those markets were at their highest, we had inflation, we had double-digit interest rates, double-digit mortgage rates, and that's happened four times in 100 years. Now, that being said, what happens is you see the growth of the public ownership jump. And the last time that the price of silver and gold rallied in the 1980s, in fact, the number of people participating rose to 20 to 25 percent, mm-hmm. which is a huge jump from where we are right now. So we know that, in fact, historically, it is a safe refuge uh, and that's where people go. Now, quantitative easing is another thing. It's only part of the, the problem. With quantitative easing, it's still happening and it's still ongoing, but we have not seen the money that has been put out into the public actually hit the public. When it does, you will see an inflationary event. But until that time, it's easy to see why people don't think quantitative easing is actually impacting the price of gold and silver. It is just maintaining at this point. But when the market starts to uh, receive all that cash flow, it will change. Now, third, who's going to buy it? Well, if the middle class is faltering in the U.S. and they're not faltering here in Canada, these are the types of buyers that obviously don't have as much money or scratch to put together as they did five years ago. What's happening is, if Collins listened to the show, a tremendous jump in the amount of buyers in the Asian markets, primarily in China, and that is where you're seeing the middle class start to emerge. Billionaires are being made every month, and that's where the largest appetite for physical gold and silver is right now. And lastly, in terms of demand, Colin, this is a show in and of itself. We are talking about a replacement for, uh, as you said, you used to work for Kodak, replacement for film in the form of pharmaceuticals, electrical, catalysts, reflectance. We're looking at printed circuitry, electroplating, coins, photography, silverware and jewelry, mirrors and coatings. I mean, the list goes on and on. Simply look to your electronic components alone, and that in and of itself has picked up all of the slack that photography has left behind. And some. And then some. So going forward, there are no problems with this. And if Colin wants to leave us another message, we'd be happy to answer that as well. What was the other thing as well? What was the above ground uh, silver? 20 years ago, 30 years ago. How many ounces? It was over 3 billion ounces. And what is there today? Less than a less than, well, 900 million. Well, so it's not rocket science. It's obviously shrinking. You need to get into it. Give us a call, whether you want to buy it outright, take it home, whether you want to put it in our depository, or whether you want to use collateralized financing and use other people's money to buy the same amount of product. Get into the market. I think this market is about to explode. 
Doesn't take much more convincing than that. The number is one eight seven seven eight Silver. The Real Money Show dot com to take advantage of all it. And uh, I'm going to remind you one more time before we go: investing in natural, fancy colored diamonds seminar is happening on the twenty second of this month from seven to nine p.m. You want to register nine zero five three zero five eighty four twenty two and guildhalldiamonds.com. The place will be the Supreme Luxury Event Venue. That is in Woodbridge. Very nice place, 8311 Weston Road. Please RSVP by the 14th. Space is limited. There'll be light refreshments and a whole lot of education. Really good for you to take advantage. This has been The Real Money Show.